the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Spot Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck at the founder of SpotTrack.com. Mike Gennetti. We're brought to you by The Athletic. By now, you know, and if you don't know, where have you been? The Athletic, the subscription based sports news site, in depth coverage. And we are going to, and we'll tell you more about The Athletic and a special offer later on in the show. But we're going to start with The Athletic's big story they broke that continues and really came to a head yesterday, uh, as of this recording in Major League Baseball, and there'll be more to come, but that is the Houston Astros yeah. uh, and the baseball story. I know we're, we just had the playoffs, the championships are set. We'll get to those, college football championship. We'll get to all that. We'll even talk about the, the Harry and uh, Megan uh, later <laughs> I on. I can't you wait. Have to. How can yeah, you not? It's all about the money, baby. We're all about I was hoping here. that this was going to be a financial-based discussion led by Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about no. chicken all day today. No, but how about Marshawn Lynch and the girl from the Canadian Family Feud just saying the word chicken over and over keep, again? Keep your chicken. 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 <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about the, the the penalty for the Astros. Yeah, five million bucks, first round picks and second round draft picks gone the next two years. Uh, the manager, general manager, suspended. Then then they fired him, mm-hmm. and there's probably more to come because of what Alex Cora here. But uh, Mike. Uh, what's your thoughts on this penalty levied by Major League Baseball? Uh, yeah, I, I threw a couple of tweets out there in response to this, just sort of reactionary. This is what I expected. They, they, I mean, Rob Manfred has essentially destroyed their their short term future, which I expected that to happen. Um, my guess, now knowing what we know with what the Astros have done in firing those two, is that there was probably a handshake agreement between Manfred that that was going to happen, because otherwise. Major League Baseball should have should have removed them from from their jobs. Well, I think my my but guess is you don't have to go through the union. You know what I mean? Right, the union yeah. and all that. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> my my guess is there was clauses in their contracts about um, uh, integrity clauses, whatever. And when you're suspended by Major League Baseball, that probably violates the clause, and therefore you're off the hook for their pays. My yeah. Guess. And and keep in mind, uh, you know, the the five million dollar fine wasn't an arbitrary figure. It's the maximum allowed in the Constitution of Major League Baseball. So when these things come about, fines and suspensions, they're not just randomly what should we hit them with a lot of this stuff is laid out in writing as part of the rules of owning a team operating a team and being a part of the league well let me ask you this question is it uh, what if they had to vacate to use a term from uh, ncaa what if they had to vacate the world series title I, is that even a discussion i mean oh sure it, it's a discussion i i was thinking about this yesterday when the news broke is any player or any any person <laughs> surrounding that organization this is worth it to them, right? Even, yes, even, yes. With an, even with an asterisk, absolutely. Pay the five million. Everybody in that city knows there's a World Series attached to it. That's all that matters. Yeah, the right. only the only one that's that pe- the, vacate the only sucks. vacating appeases is a is a fan base of the team that finished second. Because because yeah. nobody remembers any of that. What you know, it it, it it's the NCAA does it takes wins away. It it's, it's meaningless. Um, what's the home run record in baseball? Bonds. Is it? Well, <laughs> well, exactly. No, no exactly. It's a, that's a fair question. That's exactly no, right. no, you make a you make a very good rebuttal but, point. But Paul, you, you said bonds. That that's all that matters, right? That's right. all. Yeah. That's, yeah. because that's what people think. Because of. that's what people think. That's what they nobody, know. That's what they watch. That's, that's nobody's going to nobody's going to answer that question. Well, it's Barry right. Bonds, but he was he went to this company and got this. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's going to well, walk down that path. Yeah, and to Mike's <laughs> point, if you're going to do this, what are ultimately you know? I mean, obviously, people lost their jobs, but you you won. You you got that ring. I don't know if you have to give the ring back. I got three you know? point three points, sort of you know counterpoints to this to the penalties. Number one. I understand the complexities of it, but I feel like the players had to be somewhat reprimanded for this. I would agree with that. But I understand. How do you pick one or the is other? Is that a I, I CBA it. issue as well? Players union deal too? Yeah. Is that why the players weren't really uh, Im- implicated? I, I would imagine. That, I mean, the problem, and I don't. we're not done with it, You know, two of the players involved are current managers, right? Alex Cora is going to get, I think, steeper fines, steeper penalties here soon. And the Mets just hired Carlos Beltran, who was a big part of this from what we've read in these documents. All right, so that's point number one. Point number two is much of how the Houston Astros were built were not through, was, was not through the draft. So losing a first, couple of firsts and a couple of seconds is damning. But where's the international blockage? Because that's how they built their team right. is through the international signings. you got to take away all their international money for the next three years, in my opinion. And now, maybe that exists. Maybe that's something Kenny Rosenthal over at The Athletic is going to break soon. 
But to me, you've got that's got to be part of these penalties. You've got to stop them from doing that. And then my third point is, and this is actually a point that was responded to me on Twitter from somebody, and I'm sorry I don't have the name in front of me. I, I love this idea, and I love this idea not just for this kind of scandal, but for PEDs and things like that. How about taking the how about lowering the competitive tax pay, uh, threshold for the Astros for the next three years? So not only do they not have draft picks, not only can they not do some things, but they can sp- they they can spend less in competitive tax for three years. They're being hampered from a financial standpoint. Um, I love that. Economic sanctions, essentially what you're talking about. Instead of the $5 million fine, shorten their payroll cap. You know, here's the uh, – it's fascinating. I I was just thinking about um, going back to what we're saying. Uh, No one's going to, you know, look back at this. Is is it worth it? Um, Well, let's let's just use an example in football. The Patriots – yeah. Right? Yeah. Are, are this is not is this not similar to the Patriots? Of course, sure. Right? And do we think? I mean, uh, Deflate Gate. It's probably that's probably the comparison, right? Yeah, I, I it's think just so. As stupid and maybe not as it's just as ineffective, right? I, we don't right. know how effective this scandal was. Co- correct. You right. still and, have and to hit and, the pitch. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and it's more in <laughs> the course of the game than say the Spygate was, which was more leading up that's, to the game. So I think that's, that's a big that's, boy scandal. That, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> yes. think there's a lot. There's a big line there. Yeah. Was it was it actually within the game or was it leading? You know, again, you could argue yeah. which one's more important, but I agree with you, Kevin. Um, well, here's the here's you tried to alter the game and advantage within the game to yourself. I well, no, hold on. Yeah, well, you're you're going think, the emotional side of this. Do we do we do we respect the Patriots still, right, or do we hate the Patriots still for this? Um, well, I, I well, everybody hates the Patriots because they're they're, they're always winners, right? They're, they're the Goliath, but they're, but they're winners because of this stuff, right? Uh, you no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I Good. think they're winners because they have the best quarterback so, ever. So, so how do we feel with Houston then? Because Houston's a perennial World Series contender. Correct. That well, they have great talent. Uh, you know the argument. So the, this is well, just a, a blip then. It, the argument can be made like it, it. It gave them an extra advantage. Sure. But I think anybody who's ever played baseball on a uh, outside little league level yeah. knows that sign stealing is a common practice. Yeah. Uh, however, using a camera in, sure. in in a garbage can to bang on it, like right. uh, though they took it to another level, and it sounds like the Red Sox went even further uh, you know, with it. It sounds like the Red Sox are in big trouble. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, for fans, for fans, you're right. Like, wow, well, you know what? They won the World Series. I don't. It doesn't yeah. matter. And I again, even though if you know, you even know what pitch is coming, you, you still have to hit it. Well, and, you know, I mean, and, and you, you know, even if they tell you what play is the defense is lining up as, you still got to execute the play. Yeah, but so I yeah. think of a guy like um, uh, who's the guy for the Brewers, uh, Braun, who's yeah. the MVP. Yeah. Do, are fans not cheering for him when he comes with the bat because he's suspended for PEDs? Okay, so let, let's let's draw that line because I drew it yesterday on Twitter, um, and I've been drawing it for a while here, at least in my head. This is worse than PEDs, right? No, knowing that a fastball is coming is a way bigger advantage it's, than it, having yeah, muscles. It, it's actually if <laughs> it's a way bigger advantage. effect to an individual game. Yes. Well, there, oh, well, hold on, Kevin. There are there's a million baseball players who could make the ma- major leagues hitting fastballs. It's it's no it's not knowing that the breaking ball is coming that gets keeps all right ninety five percent of people out of the major leagues. Uh, per, well, <laughs> perhaps, but the the other part of it is with PEDs, if you're able to uh, stay healthier. To be on the oh, yeah. field, or if you're able to From gain a career str- standpoint, but for sure. But if you're able to gain strength and hit the breaking ball, not to the warning track, but <laughs> over the fence, because you're stronger and have more muscle, and the PED helped you gain that muscle to do so. Okay, there's okay. the argument. It's like corking a bat. It's like you know, right? It's corking a bat. Oh well, he got caught corking a bat. Remember Albert Bell. Right, yeah, of course. He, yeah, he got Sosa. caught with he have lead in the bat or, or yeah. cork in the bat or yeah, something. Well, was it was it Sosa that had the the rubber balls, the Super Balls? Yes, on a day yeah. game in Chicago. I was yes. watching it live. Yeah. Uh, and so what does that do? <laughs> it helps the, the the you know the fly routine out go over the fence. I, I'll give you that. I All just right? don't think that to, to me as a, a longtime player here, I, I I would I would be much more confident in myself knowing that a, a curveball is coming on two two than. Than you know, trusting my sure. phys- my physique. <laughs> sure, but here here's the to, to me the issue. And this is why Major League Baseball uh, had to do what they did, and this is why Beltran yeah. uh, is not going to be uh, uh, first of all he'll be under the microscope here. By the way, right? elephant in the room. If he wants to do this with the Mets, I'm all for it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, it, it, but the it, listen, an AJ Hinch 
Yeah. Uh, you know, apparently he wasn't totally for it, but he didn't stop it. He was this, you know. The, yeah, I read right? that. I read it. You know, he was the COO and the oh, gentleman's CEO. Oh, he's got to take the fall for this. They do have to take the fall yeah. for it because he knew what was going on. They didn't stop it. it. Does sound a little bit like the inmates were running the asylum, though, right? It does sound that way, doesn't yeah. it? And, like and, the, like and, the players were running this thing. And the fact that the Astros have not had a good reputation and there's, you know, and there have been other issues there, I wonder if yeah. that rolled into this a little too. There's been sort of a general uh, dislike or hatred from other organizations well, about the way well, they the stole Astros. The data, well, right? they, I mean, they well, no, they. Got it stolen. They from got them. it stolen from, from them by them. the Cardinals right. guy. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Paul, you made an interesting point on the way here, in here today, though. This is this is a dark day for the analytics world. Yes, right? it at least, is. It's at least a, a, a mild step. back. It's a step back. Yes. Right. I mean, it, we've this long. It's a bad weekend for Houston too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, the Texans well, and somebody said a Houston co- Houston coach and GM got fired, and it wasn't Bill O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting point, though. This is analytics on steroids and it's 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 a abuse of analytics to be honest it's you know it's wanting the data too much and, and taking it inside the gameplay which i think it's for a lot of sports it's got to go it's got to go right now tennis is too extreme we talked mean, about this. the analytics have to go away the the in-game experience of it right i i like the idea of being able to study it being able to reference it maybe in a pre and a post game kind right. of thing I, I think it's got to go as, as part of the in-game experience Maybe maybe just be be brought back a little bit. Like I said, tennis is too extreme. The fact that you can't coach during a tennis match—I agree—that's too extreme. Um, but I think we're getting ourselves into a spot where I, I mean, look at these games. Every game and every sport is getting longer because of data. Because there's, we need to take time to evaluate, to you know, to think things through, which is fine. I'm, you know, that's how I live my life. Clearly, but but at some point, you just got to play. And I think there we have to figure out how to bridge that gap and how to compromise the two the two things. This is obviously taking it too far from a Houston standpoint. Well, it, it, yeah, I mean, obviously. It, yeah, it's always been right. you know sports has always been a little bit about emotion. It's always been a little bit about drive. It's always been about determination. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I think we all love about the, about sports in a whole. And I think to your point, Mike, some of that is being pushed away yes. because of the numbers. And, and I'm, I'm not just talking about this scandal or things like this. Or you know, going for it on fourth down. I'm also talking replay and all the stuff. The use of technology and the use of data from a fan experience, from a player experience, from a coaching experience. To me, it's we're, we're over the top a little bit. We've got to dial it back and figure out a sweet. But you spot. could argue that we're over the top in our daily lives and in the world. That's fine. So, so why sports would be different? Oh, because sports could than, be the pioneer for it. Well, I I I, yeah. I agree with it's you a there. Big genre. I, I think my point is that's why it's become that because it's become that in all parts of our it's, life. It's so frustrating just from us. A fan standpoint, I mean, I watch soccer every weekend morning. I watch football, obviously, in the prime time. You can't even celebrate a score anymore, a goal nope. or a touchdown, because yeah. we're all on pins and needles waiting for a screen to tell us if we're allowed to celebrate or well, not. Well, I don't like the analytics uh, at home, frankly, when my wife says, hey, when you eat a carbohydrate snack well, after 820, you're more irritable. Go for a freaking morning. walk, Kevin. Right? No. <laughs> the, the, the data says you've forgotten to take the garbage out six yeah. weeks in a row, Kevin. And the data says every now and then i got to eat a row of Oreos, okay? That's the data. Uh, let's transition to football with Houston, and uh, boy, they're going to look at things analytically. Uh, um, they can look at it all they want. Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to be stopped. I think that's the that right conversation. Let's stop. Cra- Look, I crapped on Houston. I had fun with Houston on Twitter this sure. weekend. But the, the, they're used to giving up big leads in the playoffs. This isn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the city, anyways, not Buffalo. the team. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- it's a little bit about the decisions he, he made, but not really. No, not, not really. It's more about Patrick Mahomes yeah, and sure that Kansas is. City offense and, finding and, its legs at the perfect right. time. And when you look at it, when you dive into that twenty-one nothing lead oh. in particular, it was Kansas City handing sure. Houston points as a. It wasn't three eighty-yard drives. You it's know, a block it was punt, a you know, punt. I return. think we all, any yeah. smart football fan, looked at that and said. Mm, it's not ending up this way. Let's not let's not bury anybody yet. And and that's what proved Mahomes and Kansas City they were amazing. And then Houston kind of went back to being who they really were in that game. Can't argue. Uh, yeah, everybody's talking about they should have went for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. Twenty four nothing. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Like. That, I, it, I didn't. It, I didn't most hate. Games, that's gold. I didn't hate the fake punt. I didn't like where they were on the field on the fake punt. I didn't hate the call. It was an amazing play by Sorensen, the only guy that could have stopped it. It was that, that. So that wasn't a call. The call was right. the The execution was right. The Kansas City guy made an amazing play on that one. And 
that's what happens in the playoffs. Right. You got players who, who make plays that ignite their team and, and get them going. Right. Guys usually and, you never heard of before. Right. And Mahomes, uh, all of a sudden, it just it, it looks brilliant by the Chiefs. What they did so many years ago, hmm. moving up in the draft to get him to play behind Smith and sitting and say, him for the year, and I, that's sitting what, him for the year. That that to me is the difference that we won't really ever see much of anymore, and it may ultimately be the singular reason why Mahomes has gotten to be as good as he is. That other quarterbacks may never be that good. I, I think I think we should see it this year with Burrow. I, I truly think we should. I truly think Andy Dalton should get the year and should get a, sort of a, a swan song in 2020 with, with Cincinnati. But what organization has the guts stones, stones yeah, yeah. to stand up to the public pressure and maybe even the internal pressure? Because let's take Joe Burrow for an example. He gets drafted. Uh, he's the future. He, he's the shining star. Uh, it, it, coach might want to play him. Who there is going to say no? Dalton for a year. Uh, let this guy sit and wait. The fans are screaming. We got to sell tickets. Our sponsors are screaming. They. I mean, it's, it's you know who 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 the analytic guy upstairs who <laughs> hang on looks at every rookie quarterback's uh, right. first season and first starts right. and says and, and then looks at uh, the the rookies who've sat. Right uh, behind other quarterbacks, or the coach that do, do was, we is, be Mahomes or, or the or Mayfield, coach that's right? willing to buy into yeah. that. Or the coach that's willing to acknowledge yeah. and understand it and doesn't sit in a meeting and say, I got to have this guy in the field now because he sees the big picture. But coaches don't have that kind of job security generally to be able to do that. Do you think you, you think he the, the Cincinnati guy whose name escapes me at the moment? The, um, the, the coach? Yeah. Zach Taylor. Thank you. You yeah. think Zach Taylor isn't a little worried about where his job and where his future is that he's willing to say, well, OK, I got Burrow, but we're going to bubble wrap him and leave even on the sidelines for was a year. Zach Taylor uh, McVeigh's guy? Yes, from yes. the Rams. Yes. Correct. Uh, look, Jared Goff sat. Jared, I don't. People didn't think he should. You know, Jeff Fisher did. Right. Jared Goff sat a year. Um, I, look at the, the point to be made here is not just that Joe Burrow might not be ready. I, he's probably ready for some he looks degree. About of as ready as anybody. But is the team around him ready? No. And that's the difference. That's what the Baltimore Ravens did. They gave it. 10 they gave it an off season right they looked at him for 10 weeks last year and they said all right we know now what kind of player this really is and what we have to go to get to build around him I, that's a, to me that's as big a part of it as anything I, I understand Joe Burrow can throw can sling the ball and he can run and he can do all those things you need in a, in a starting quarterback right now I'm just I, I guarantee you that Bengals team is not ready right they're, they're gonna make four or five cuts before they sign anybody this off season so right. To me, this there's a perfect candidate to say we got to slow play this thing for at least a year because we've got to get this roster in place to be ready for Joe Burrow. And, and look, there's a part of me, and I know that's it's even more crazy. There's a part of me that says you shouldn't even be drafting Joe Burrow because you're not ready. You are going to waste him and the the inexpensive get contract more ready and then take tank another year and tank for Trevor. If, because that's where you are as, as an organization. You're not ready for that starting quarterback yet, as we've talked about with the Bills and some teams that were, um, and that's why they're having success. I, I, the, the, act, the actual you know, <laughs> guts in me says that's what the Bengals should do. Trade that number one overall pick. Get yourself three firsts. I know that's a dying art. That's a dying art. But that, that's where the Bengals are, in my opinion. That's clearly not what they're going to do, though. <laughs> I, I would use it on Burrow. I know. And I know I would. I think there's. I, would, a, I think the, it's risky. I think it's risky. It's risky to have Burrow. It's risky with, it, any I, of with these that guys. lineup, with that roster for yeah. sure. Now they've got a left tackle. And, and and here's the point: as much as everybody loves everything Joe Burrow has done, he's going from maybe the best yeah. college NFL athlete yep. ready roster to an NFL team, regardless of where it is, that won't have as many good NFL-ready players on it. And to me, that's the knock on Burrow is how much of his success is a product of having this of having potentially a dozen first-round picks around him, of which he'll go to Cincinnati where he won't have those kinds of wide receivers and will his flaws be exposed more. Now, I love 
I, I've, I was hesitant to buy in on Burrow. I think I'm there after watching him in the game on Monday night because I just thought there was an incredible savvy and smarts and game awareness and whatever I need to do, I'm going to do. And he looked like a guy that when he walked to the line of scrimmage, he knew exactly what Clemson was doing defensively and thus exactly where his openings were. That's Brady-like in a lot of ways. Oh, now um, you're comparing him to Tom no, Brady. No, Poor kid no, is he I'm not. I'm stuff. not. But but that's my fear is that he can't won't be able to replicate that when the talent around him isn't as good. Well, sure. No, he's listen. He's he's going to see things he hasn't seen. Heck, even uh, you know the established quarterbacks. Um, you know Deshaun Watson. All right, uh, back to Houston here. You look at all the blitz he saw uh, yes. with it, and like. He saw things he probably hasn't seen. So uh, because of his capability, he's able to make some plays in the game. Matter of fact, he played a decent game, I thought, for the Texans oh, yeah. Oh, in yeah. Kansas City. Let's talk about him because they, they don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a third-round pick. They've got decent amount of cap space this offseason. They really can't make a ton of changes. There's not a ton of you know extension candidates outside of Watson and the left tackle Laramie Tunzel, who they gave up the farm to get. Who Do we love Laramie Tunzel? I think he had like twenty yeah. offensive, yeah. offensive the uh, false starts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. Um, but he's going to get eighteen million a year if they sign him. So, and, and Watson's worth thirty six right now. Now, the Watson Mahomes dynamic is interesting here, right? I, I don't think either of them want to sign before the CBA comes, but I'm hearing the CBA is probably coming by March. Uh, it sounds like they've got it all in order and they know what they're doing, and this isn't this isn't going to drag into 2021 like we thought it may. So if the CBA comes, the new CBA comes, and it's you know all systems go for these contracts, do you wait for Mahomes if you're Watson? I think you do. You I, have to, right? Well, but if you're Mahomes, aren't you waiting for Watson? I, I don't know. Mm, I don't I think know. Mahomes has set the market. I, I think he's Julio Jones, where he's going to push things so far forward that it, it, no one else can really leverage him right now. Yeah, I mean, if Mahomes is getting forty million a year, Watson's worth thirty-seven, right? 30, well, probably thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Yeah. yeah. Do they have the same agent? That's a great question. Yeah, well, I, I think one of them's a, got Steinberg, and I think it might be Mahomes. Mahomes is Steinberg. Yeah. They just signed Tua too. So, <laughs> well, I'd look at it this way: if I were Deshaun Watson's agent, mm-hmm. and I would look at it this way, I would look at it as if I was representing Pat Mahomes too. And yes. I'd, I'd tell my client, look, at Mahomes is worth more. He's, he won an MVP. He just beat you in a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. But So he would be $40 million. Mm-hmm. You're, you're 36 $37 million. It's right here on SpotTrack.com. We'll show I, you your value. It's right there. But So why, why would you have to wait? You wouldn't have to wait. If you know his value, why would you wait? I think that's my point, too. I, I think Mahomes is such an outlier that there's, no, there's not even a need. Yeah. He's going to get what he's going to get. We know what we're worth. Let's let's get a million more than we think we're worth and, sure. and go from there, right? I mean, Plus, by the way, Deshaun, you play in Texas. You don't that's have to right. worry about the taxes. It's a big part of it. It's a huge part of it. It's there. a big part of it. And, does, and he's a heck of a quarterback. Does yeah. Is Houston a step-back candidate because of like what you said? They, they were kind of all in on this year. They didn't go all the way, and now they don't have the draft picks, and now they're a little more handcuffed. I mean, are they – you know, every year we talk about yes. quarter of the league that makes the playoffs isn't making it the next year. Are they one of those teams? It's either them or Tennessee in the AFC South, right? Yeah. Because I think the Colts are probably coming. I would think so. I, I think yep. they're going to figure it out now this offseason, and even if it means a new quarterback, I, I would expect them to be contending for that that division. So one of those two teams is going to be out of the playoffs, in my opinion. And if I had to pick right now, I'd guess Houston. I'd guess Houston. They're just getting a little older, right? Yeah, and they, and they have needs <laughs> on defense not. that they may not be able to fill because yeah. they don't have the draft picks. True. I think that's fair. Um, Baltimore. Let's talk about the, the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> The uh, what I mean, well, listen, first of all, they ran into a buzzsaw. Tennessee's a buzzsaw right now. Yep. Um, and I don't you know, listen, Kansas City, that game's not going to be that easy nope. because they have a stud in Derrick Henry and they have a quarterback. Tan, let's can we talk about Tannehill? That guy won that game, in my opinion. <laughs> I know. With less than 100 passing yards. Yeah, but... but Which it, tells you how much to not always obsess about things like that. But he, Yeah, but he made the plays when they needed yes, to be made. Yes, agreed. 
And uh, that, that was incredible. Don't they have a feel, particularly with what their defense is doing and with what Vrabel is doing? It, they feel to me like the late 2000s, early 2010s Patriots. Yes, they do. Right? They can, they can adjust and adapt to anything and throw guys that you never heard of at you and just dictate games and find ways to win. And like they we ran said, the ball. Like we said, they won, they won two playoff games and their quarterback didn't throw for 100 yards. What? That's 1970s football, yeah. right? That's what I. That's what I feel when I watch them. They're play. the they're the pre Gronk Patriots. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact opposite of what Baltimore did. Baltimore, I think, had 530 yards of offense against them and scored 12 points. And they right. were, but they were playing catch up almost the whole well, game, the which key, leads to that. The key to that game, though, the two fourth downs, right? The yeah. two fourth and ones that the Titans stopped. To me, that was the ball game. Yeah, right there. If particularly the second one, if the Ravens got the second one. Which analytics tell you go for it. Yeah. Right. They were eight for eight on the year on fourth and one conversions. And that second one, if they get it, they're going in to score. I mean, they had all the momentum. They get stopped. Uh, you know, what what a crusher that had to be. That just had to be. Yeah. The uh, Derrick the Henry, Ravens. the Derrick Henry is is an interesting discussion, Mike. Um, he's been incredibly dominant. Maybe the single most dominant player in the NFL this year. I think um, we have to shelve it. But he's a running back. He's a running back, and we yeah. talk so much about them. And I feel like everyone's going to want to lump. But you know, again, look at these playoff teams having success by running the ball, which is yeah. the opposite of what it was in the season. Everybody's going to want to lump that into a into a bigger picture about what the NFL is going to come. And I'm just I'm thinking it's Derrick Henry, yes. not anything else. Well, and he this is a product of, and I, I'm not looking to take any away from Derrick Henry because what he's doing is amazing with his speed and such. But it's also a product of spread offenses and defenses getting smaller linebackers to play in in the middle there where, hey, listen, for you youngsters out there, there were running backs like Christian Okoye, Barry Word, Natron Means, Rod Bernstein, right, uh, with the Broncos. 250-pound guys. Yes, big 250-pound running backs. However, the middle linebackers, guys like Pepper Johnson, just for the Giants, comes to mind. The middle linebackers were 250, 260, just as big, and uh, you know, taking those guys down. But now a middle linebacker is 235. I think there's that. that's a big part of it, and also the, the, the change in how you tackle. How do you tackle Derrick Henry legally, right, without knocking him down? You, you just I – think, I think he is a, a model for how you can beat the spread offense or the, you know, the, or the spread defense. Yes. Yes. He's uh, it. We're going to have to shelve the, the, this conversation. But the question becomes – If they win there, a Super Bowl, what do you do? Are there any mm-hmm. other Derrick Henrys out there? That's the thing. That's what I'm – my fear is everybody's going to look at it and we're going to get this sea change in the approach of the NFL, and I don't know what's going to work but if you don't have that guy. He, well, let's let, – Listen, he's got a really good offensive line, though, too. No well, question. They've invested yeah, rather heavily in their offensive he's line. He's been on that team for, what, three years? Yeah, but, but Paul's point is right. Paul's point is right. They're, Derrick Henry is an anomaly. And I think we just saw the career end of the last version of him, right? Marshawn. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that lasted. That who, wasn't a one and done. He wasn't as physically <laughs> imposing, but ran like Well, he that. got smarter. He yeah. got smarter as he got older, which which makes a lot of sense. That's what Henry's going to have to do the same to stick. But but Marshawn wasn't four four seasons and out. No, he was worth the extensions he got. Yeah, and at some point in time, he was making twelve million a year on on short contracts in Seattle. Um, somebody I somebody like made a comment about what what could possibly Marshawn Lynch's Hall of Fame speech possibly be like? <laughs> is he a Hall of Famer, Marshawn Lynch? Oh boy, I don't think he is. I don't either. I don't, I don't think either, he no. is. I don't either. No. He's a Hall of Fame personality, that's oh, for sure. Right? In a lot of different ways, and, yeah. And, and a guy, and a teammate from what it seems, right? Yeah. I mean, this guy... Uh, I was so impressed with how in shape and ready to go he was for this for this run. Yeah. I mean, 14 months off... Do you like, think he what, knew it was how, coming? How much damage could we do in 14 months Listen, away he from was our eating, job? <laughs> he was pounding chicken wings at the Big Tree Inn yeah, in Buffalo the road when he here. came back for a Bills alumni thing. Mm-hmm. Not like, what, three weeks before yeah. the Seahawks? I, I give him a lot of credit. I yeah, give him a lot of credit. guys, a marvel. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, they uh, they have cap space going next year. We're gonna have to wait and see what happens. Uh, you know, with them going forward, this this AFC Championship matchup is that's awesome, right? I mean, you've got two completely different styles, yes. two completely different styles of play, and we're gonna see which one wins out. Well, from a financial standpoint, they're very different too, though. Kansas City's gonna have to blow some things up. I mean, they're not going to be able to keep all this band together. They're just not. I mean, I, anyone with a brain knows Sammy Watkins can't stick in this team. He's a running back right now for them. Sure. I mean, it's just he's just not a part of their offense. And now there's LaShawn McCoy, whom they traded for. 
Did he even play? He's getting healthy scratched, essentially. Yeah, yeah, he's basically dressed but not playing. Yeah, the two younger guys are, are at least holding the room. They're going to have to address the running back position for sure in some form. But that's the easiest position it's to easy. address. And there's going to be a long list of players available. Yeah. Uh, the defense is going to be d- difficult. Chris Jones is going to be a real conversation. How do you keep that guy? He's worth $20 million a year. Um, you've already got Frank Clark at essentially $20 million a year. It, I, I'm a little worried about this team. From a financial standpoint, they might have to make a sweeping trade to clear some cap and 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 improve the roster a little bit. They also might win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they so, had to do that last so year this, too. It, it might all be worth it. This might sure, be, they right. might just all be in right now on Mahomes' last cheap season, which is what this is going to be. I'm pretty sure he's going to get his forty million after this, um, and that at that point it's going to be chess, right? How do you how do you fill in the blanks with forty million on the roster, right? Um, we'll see. It is, it's, it's rare to see it. Look at Russell Wilson got, to, got as far as he got. Aaron Rodgers is as far as he is. Those are the two higher-paid quarterbacks in the league. So it's certainly doable. Um, I just think this iteration of the Chiefs is probably done after this season. So enjoy it. Well, it, may, it, it would it, it'd be a two-year run, essentially, yeah. right, Yeah. for this team. Typically, you think three years, or is, are, are now we shrinking down to two years? They don't on, have to Russell. sign them. If they think they can't keep this, this roster intact enough, you tell Patrick Mahomes that flat out. We've got to wait a year, all right? You're going to get your $42 million in 2021, right, wherever it's going to be then. Sure. But we flat out have to wait a year. And he's going to have to accept that. That's part of the contract. That's part of this rookie contract. Um, so that's a part of it. And that would have ripple effects. I think that would make Deshaun Watson maybe hold. That, that might, And then look at Then you're talking Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, B- Baker Mayfield, Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold, all available in the same year to be extended. That's fun. So maybe we should all be rooting for that. <laughs> maybe. What if what if they lose to Tennessee yeah. and you have Ryan Tannehill? Yep. And what does he do to the market if he wins and goes to the Super Bowl? What has he done to the market now? Um, he's val- he, well, what has he done to his own market? Yeah, just statistically well, he's valuing at $30 million in, in my book, which is, you know, he was $2 million. That's crazy. Right, right. Ago. Yes. So – He's a franchise. T- he's an exclusive franchise tag candidate. I think he gets the exact same tag that Dak Prescott gets, which is an exclusive tag, meaning it's like thirty million a year, and you can't touch me, you can't trade for him, can't you can't do anything about it. Uh, they they might as well go all in one more year in Tennessee. Sure, right? You, you give the transition tag to Derrick Henry at the very least. Maybe you give him a, a three year contract. Uh, it's interesting. They've got a guard to sign. They've got a couple of defensive players to sign. They've got a ton of room to do it. They can make it all work. They can front load these deals. I expect them to do it. I expect them to look like San Francisco for the next year and a half, which is we're kind of all in on this roster. We love what we have. Everything sort of clicks and works, and the coaching staff is all, and, you know, everybody's bought into this. Let's put all of our money into this year and a half, and then if we have to rip it all up in 2022, we do it. Tannehill's interesting because I don't think he'll, he, the only place he gets that $30 yeah. million is Tennessee. Nobody, yeah. I can't imagine there's another team Add him that's going to go, I list. want that guy. And I right? think <laughs> after his experience in Miami, he probably looks at it and says, this is the place where I need well, to be, whatever. I'll take what I can get. And, and they, they've, they've figured out a way to maximize the things around me to make me look the best because him on the open market. Yeah, where I, is he? He's where behind is he? Dalton. Who, yeah. He's behind it? Newton. Who wants him? And go ask, market. go ask Nick Foles. Yep. Do you mess with Happy? Don't mess with Happy. Perfect. How about the chance of Ryan Tannehill playing a Super Bowl in Miami, though? Wow, that is – you know what? The Miami fans don't care. They don't they, – they, they, uh, right? they yeah. care a little. Nah, they don't care at all. He was their guy. How many hardcore Miami Dolphin fans are there anymore? I don't know. Right? I, I, I don't know. It's tough to be Miami Dolphins fan. They're not Marlins fans, I'll tell you that. No, they certainly <laughs> are, are, are not them. Fans. Are they even Heat, heat fans Yeah, probably. Anymore? That's probably right. right. Uh, but the Patriots, we got to talk about Tom Brady and the Patriots real quick because Tom is the yeah. most searched athlete on SpotTrack.com. Forever. And yep. is there any question now that he's returning to the Patriots? I have no questions about it. Because of what, McDaniels? McDan- what, well, listen, oh, oh, because of that? Not only that, but I listened to his interview with Jim Gray on the radio broadcast. Oh, I missed this. At Westwood One. Well, he does one every, uh, you know, he's got he's a contract. A regular on there, yeah. So regular, which, by the way, uh, he must have a great relationship with Jim Gray. Yeah. Because Jim Gray calls him Tommy. <laughs> really? And it's the most awkward damn thing ever. You know, he just says, hello, Tommy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and I'm like, wow. Sounds like the babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm like, wait, you're calling the greatest quarterback ever. It'd be like having Joe Montana on this broadcast. Hey, Joey. It's, eh. like, it's like a power move, right? I've never heard anybody refer to Tom Brady as Tommy except for Jim Gray. Okay. 
Um, but anyway, I, I digress. And and the way he talked about, I have things to prove to myself, and I have great teammates and all this stuff. And when McDaniel's staying, like, where? It, it, plus, where is he going? There, right? No, <laughs> right. I'm just saying. What, and he's what, smart enough to know that his best path to success is where I think he's smart enough, and I think his best path of success is where he is. Now, now, whether there's an urge to go somewhere new and prove and try, and again, we've always talked about this isn't always going to be Tom's decision either, you know? So, I mean, it's really interesting. I, 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 I think ultimately, Kevin, what you said is going to be true, but I'm, I'm not ready to put that in ink yet. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. Yeah, well. That's, I, that's, that's not a better path. Than what the, it's the Patriots weapons. have right now. What else matters? Well, it's better <laughs> weapons, and and all it what takes is all it takes is the Patriots to grab a couple of more weapons. Uh, easier said than done. Well, the Patriots have the number six overall pick too. All right, but hold on. Let's, I'm sorry, the Chargers have the number six overall pick. The Patriots don't. Basically, Tom Brady has to look at his division and say, "Are we going to be better than Buffalo next year?" It's going to be close. It will be close. Mm-hmm. I agree. Look, it AJ will be Green's close. not going to fix the Patriots. No, if that's the best available but, wide receiver. But Brady has a. They have to fix one side of the ball with like two players, right? They need two weapons okay. in there. Yeah, for Brady. they need to sign they a could, tight end they do. and draft or and sign a receiver and. I think that takes them back to where they need to be. They're two players away. Yeah. Right? We all, we all, you know. That's probably right. Okay. That's probably right. So if you're talking about. And a healthy offensive line. They got to get David Andrews back. They got to get the left tackle healthy. That's a big part of this. But uh, I think that the offensive line success is based upon, you know, Brady's ability to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah, but they got to run the ball. No, that's a a big part of this. They got a first round running back and a first round wide receiver now. It's time to, it's time to go if that roster really is going to stay intact. But I just look at if I'm the Falcons, I'm not letting Austin Hooper walk. If I'm the Chargers, I'm not letting Hunter Henry walk, which means they got to find somebody with the number. What is it? Twenty five, wherever, wherever their pick is. They've got to find a tight end or a wide receiver there that can fix this team in one year, which is doable, which is possible. And because of it's Tom Brady, he has the ability to elevate yeah. players to heights that they may not normally be elevated to yeah. I just think ultimately Tom is going to realize that this is where I am where I've been where I'm most comfortable where I'm that where I'm most situated to be as successful like I said unless he just wants to go somewhere new yeah. and try something new I just see him going back to but like I said ultimately the Patriots are going to have some say in that too. Does Belichick want him back? Are they ready to move on? Are they willing to pay him for the first time ever top 30 million, 35, 40 million dollars? If the Chargers pay him, can they pay Henry? Can oh yeah. Pay? Oh yeah, you make it all work. Okay. I think it's 50-50, guys. Okay. That he stays. I I think those two options right there are are straight fifty. What, what's the proposition that he plays? Who? What's that? What, uh, oh, Brady doesn't retire. I think it's a hundred percent that he's coming back. Yeah, I, sure I would agree that with that. It's, otherwise, I think he would already retired. I would. I agree. Um, with that. The the other you mentioned a, a, a smart part of this, which is Belichick, who doesn't screw around with this stuff. No, he just doesn't. Even with this, he won't with this either. If he thinks that that the better path forward is elsewhere, he'll move on quickly. Yeah. Then you take Teddy Bridgewater. Those guys aren't available. You don't get 27-year-old starting quarterbacks with experience, with winning experience, with playoff experience right. sitting there as like the fifth best free agent. And that's what Bridgewater is right now. He is, he is low-hanging fruit sitting there waiting for somebody to give him a shot. And the Patriots can absolutely do this right now. Uh, to me, those two things. And don't you think Teddy Bridgewater is just waiting for that phone call? Yes. I, I, I think it's right there for him. What, uh, what would you do if you were the Patriots? Um, I, would, I would let Tom decide. To me, you have to let Tom decide. You want to come back? We're going to make that work. You think you, you, you know, the Chargers are a better option to finish things out? Go ahead. We're going to go in this direction. I think they've got all their all their their bases covered. The money doesn't get in the way. Like Tom um, says, I want to come back, but I want forty five million a year. Uh, no, that would be ridiculous because yeah. it because it'd be short term. But the, yeah, you just you, look at he's already got a significant amount of dead cap right now. Um, you might as well throw in some salary to go with it. I, to me, the Breeze and Brady situation is fine. If they want to come back at thirty to thirty-five million a year, you just do it. You pay them that money. You can't probably can't go forty. 
Okay, that's so, probably but, too much. And I to think ask. Tom Brady would do that. I yeah. think he, you know, he's he's not taking twenty or no. like he did the last couple of years. But I think he's he'd taking be twenty-five, happy at thirty to thirty-five. Yeah, he's taking twenty-five. I believe the last couple but, of years. So has Breeze. You just bump it up to thirty for the next two. If you bring Brady back, you're bringing him back for more than one year. I think you have contractually. To go, it sounds you like you have are. to go multi-year. Yeah, it sounds like you have to go two. That's what he's asking. It seems like that's what he's asking. That's what he's ticked off about is that they've been yeah. nickel and diamond him on one-year deal. Sure. From a PR standpoint, you have to let him decide. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, like I said, Belichick does get the say here, but, yeah. Bel- but, but Belichick will have the say by, ha- by having everything covered. If, if Brady walks, Bridgewater signed in an hour and a half, in my opinion, right? Yeah. Or Andy Dalton, if he can't Fine. get Bridgewater. Either one. Right. I'd go with Bridgewater. Yeah, I would, too. 27 yeah. years old. Why, that, why, why go with the, uh, the, the older player? But you still, even with Bridgewater, there's still things they have to fix. No question, but I think they're fixable, and there, was, yep. there certainly isn't an organization. Yep. There's an organization well, that has proven it has the ability to do that. Uh, however, going there is not as attractive to free agents without the greatest quarterback of all time still True. throwing the football. I don't know. Uh, Bridgewater seems like he can really, really play. He was great in Minnesota. He's been backing up one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. When he had to play, he was, what, 5-0? and oh? So how, how, how dumb are the Jets right now? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Right? It's bad. They had Bridgewater it's and they cut bad. him. It's super bad. Really, it's bad. Yeah. That was a move. They, they made the right move and screwed it up. Because they had Hackenberg. They were, they were all Un- in on Hackenberg, right? Over Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Okay, today's episode is brought to you by The Athletic, and we still have more to come, by the way, before I tell you about The Athletic. We've got some uh, more baseball um, situation on an athletic piece we're going to tell you about here in a second. And don't forget our Harry and Meghan takes. These are going to be epic. All right, The Athletic is a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage for real fans just like you. Get detailed coverage of every trade, free agent signing and storyline on your team, as well as expert analysis from national writers like Ken Rosenthal, Michael Lombardi, and Pierre Lebrun. Plus, deep insights from analytics gurus, former team executives like John Hollinger and Seth Partnow. Join today. Get 40% off your yearly subscription by going to theathletic.com slash track 40 off That's theathletic.com slash S-P-O-T-R-A-C 40 off. Now, speaking at the athletic, Jason Starks. Brand, at, new, brand new to the athletic. Right. Jason Stark, you're saying, well, is he the athletic? Isn't he the ESPN guy? No. Yeah. The athletic. ESPN's loss is the athletic's gain. Uh, Jason Stark's piece about robotic umpires. Wait, what? Yes. What? Re- so, wearable signs. The, the reason DH I brought this up, realignment. Guys. He's got a lot going on here. Yeah, the reason I brought this up is we had a What, a what show. do I feel like a, like a scene from Lost in Space? Danger, <laughs> AJ Hinch, danger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh, wow. So this is essentially Jason Stark's first By the way, apparently the remake of Lost in Space on one of the streaming services is awesome. Sorry, now I'm done. Go. Yes, my son watches it. It's really cool. Really? He's like, have you ever heard of it? It's uh, he says danger. Will I go? Will Rogers. He's like, yeah. oh. Robinson. Yeah. Or Will he said Rogers. It's all coming full. Mr. Yeah. Smith. There, there, I See, hope there's a Mr. Smith. I didn't watch the original Lost oh, in Space, I but love I only knew the about original. the. I only knew about the. Well, there you go. It shows our age. Paul's yes. older. So you I make am. fun of this, guys. But the reason Jason Stark wrote this piece, and look, we had a show about technology and sports, and and, and specifically baseball, and all the changes baseball could make realignment, the playoff changes, all that stuff. Jason Stark basically hit all the bolts we talked about with a ton more info and with the probability. And I'm telling you, (laughs) read this piece on The Athletic. The first three paragraphs are about robot umpires. And this isn't a conversation about what if. This is a conversation about when. And it's coming, he thinks, in two years. He thinks they're going to be here in two years. Now we're talking about home plate for strikes. Yeah. Balls and strikes. For balls and strikes. There will be a computer similar to how tennis does their lines. Is it going to ball hawk replace kind of thing? the current umpires or reinforce and or correct? There will be a message sent to the umpire at home plate. No kidding. Saying ball or strike. Some kind of Apple Watch or something. Oh, that's awful. It's going to happen. I That is – It's going to happen. I'm not here to say – I, I, I'm done having an opinion on it. Jason Stark's saying it's going to happen. What do you mean you're done? You're done. Wait a second. No, I, you need well, to have an opinion. No, on I this. can't. You're a baseball I, I have guy. To get on, an analytics I have to get guy on here. board with this. I have to get on board with this because it's coming. There's going to be a pitch clock, I believe, this year. Pitch clock. I'm four. The the three batter minimum is here for pitchers, for relief right? pitchers. Yep. Yep. You can't bring a guy in to start an inning and then take him out immediately. He's got if he comes in to start an inning, he's got to face three batters. That's here. It exists. <laughs> it's, a lot of things are changing here. Do you, do you like that? Um, I hated it when I first read it, and then I read more about it, and 
let's say you've got two outs in the seventh inning and you bring a lefty in. He's allowed to only get one out. He doesn't have to come back out in the eighth. So it's a little bit less strict. Than so I, it's I only on thought. guys that start innings? Yep. So you can still do uh, one pitcher per lefty and then take him out. What if your pitcher gives up, uh, you know, his first two pitches are sent yard. You can't take him. You gotta, you gotta, that, no, I'm sorry. Nope. Hate that. He's got three. He's got a three-batter minimum. Make it two batters. I'd be okay. Three batters. I think there's probably going to be room for improvement, um, but they're going all in on three batters right now. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else is. So is this robot going to adjust the strike zone for the height of the hitter? Okay, so this is a big part of the article. It's worth the read. The, 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 they have used this in some leagues. I don't know if they're the smaller, like, like the Grapefruit Leagues or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Little League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Can you imagine how much it would cost for robot umpires in the Little League? Uh, yeah, they just put the... screaming at computers. It's like when, it, you know, teaching your... Here's the... You got to hit on the net. You hit that little <laughs> canvas thing, throw it there, it's a strike. Yeah, like the pitchbacks? Yes. Um, no, the, a big part of the article is that the strike zones are not the same with the computer versus the, the home plate umpire. They're different, and pit batters are going to have to figure this out because it's not all the way up and all the way down and all the way left and all the way right. There's, it's just, you know, it's strict. It's strict. There's going to be a lot of complaining. So if you like watching soccer and <laughs> and every single call is complained about, I think we're getting there with baseball. What, there, what is wrong with the standard of knees to chest? I think they're going to try, but, I, you know, when Jose Altuve's up versus – you know, give me a tall guy. Yeah. What if a guy crouches? I mean, is that going to be all accounted for? Can, can you right? Can you can you essentially align yourself out of the strike zone? Yeah, that's. A I good think point. you can. I think you can. Um, it's all part of the article. It's awesome. It's an awesome read. I'm terrified for it. If you uh, want, if you so want my I. opinion, I'm terrified for this. I think this is over. We just talked about how you can be over the top. I think I think this is unnecessary. There are so many other things you can fix with baseball right now, like realignment. Right, let's get let's get two sixteen team divisions and go, or yes. conferences and go from there. You right? can figure that out. Let's yes. let's let's add more playoff teams and make October even more exciting. I don't know. Let's, let's start there. Interleague play to me has opened the door. Yes. for the realignment that and the DH, the DH should be changing this year. Yes, what are we doing here? Right, you mean everybody? Every everybody? Team. Every team gets a DH. Right. What are we doing here? We're trying to keep our pitchers healthy as it is. Right, let's take that off their plate. Um, to me, the umpire, the strike zone was just the last, the last the, thing that needed to be fixed right now. The thing that always gets me about pitchers not being able to hit, at, you know, yeah. in the younger levels, the best pitchers are always the best They're hitters the superstars. too. They're the shortstop, the yes. starting pitcher, and the best hitter. What the hell happens to them? They go to these what? academies and they just don't do anything else. Yeah, which I think is a big part of the injury. People stuff. tell them don't waste your sure. time uh, trying to hit. You're, you I, spend that time I've read, being a pitcher. I've watched so many docs and read so many, so much stuff now on diversifying your athletes. I've got three girls that all play sports or eventually going to all play sports. I'm getting information rammed down my throat that says she can't just play soccer. She can't just play softball. She's got to do all, she's got to ski. She's got to run. Like you got to build all the muscles at the same time. And yet we've got pitchers who are nine years old doing nothing but throwing fastballs and curveballs in academies that that's completely counterintuitive. Hey, listen, my my son plays goalie. Uh, He's soon to be 10 and he shows some promise. Yeah. No, whatever that promised me. I'm just telling you what people are telling me. Yeah. Right? Whatever. I worked in hockey. Like, yeah, he's pretty good at this age. He, he might not care to play goalie in six months, but they're all like, go to this clinic, that clinic. I'm like, no, he's not going to any no, clinic. he's going to play yeah. basketball. Yeah. Right. I go, he's going to play baseball in the spring, yeah. and then next fall he's going to pick it up again. That's right. And then when he goes up a level, if he still shows promise, I'm using quotation marks for those yeah. who can't I see. I think it's a big part of it. And, and But, but yeah, there's all this pressure. Mm-hmm because it's big business to go to these clinics. But here's the problem you're going to run into, Kevin, is if he continues to be to show signs of being a good goaltender, he is going to be behind the curve um, and sort of look down the nose by the people that are telling you that he needs to be at a goalie clinic every day. And I I don't agree with I agree with what you're doing, but that is my sense of how our world has changed now, even to the point of the people that are choosing the all star teams and the (laughs) and the travel teams that they're going to align more to the well, you know, they're more dedicated to this. Well, guess what? He's not going to have his hip scraped either uh, surgery at 16 either. Like (laughs) some do. That's right. Um, But this isn't about our kid. This is about, you know, the answer is robot goaltenders um, in in the future. I, I hate that idea of robot. I love the idea of realignment. Yes. Um, uh, in the DH, Jason Starks, Pete, the, the athletic. 
Uh, go check it out. Great writing from uh, Jason how Stark's is, one of the best. Oh, he's yeah, right. He's, I mean, he's an analytic guy. He's great. Yeah. Um, how is the Houston and the Boston stuff going to change us? It's going to happen, right? One of the. I mean, I think Stark talks about it here a little bit, but I've seen it in a lot of spots now. I mean, are, are we going to have Apple watches between the catcher and the pitcher with, you know, with an app that allows you to select a button for what pitch possibly because that would be the deterrent to people yeah. trying to steal the signs. That's us coming. OK, so if that comes, yeah. this is why I want to go there, because we talked about how the pitching roles change with these role changes. I mean, the relief, pitcher, yes. uh, the relief pitcher role is completely going to change. Yes, I mean, you can't. Even, you can't even bring a lefty lefty matchup in the start of an inning anymore. Not start it's of an inning, but you can do it during during an inning. Uh, yeah, but that's right. it. That, that's that's a big right. deal. It is a big, it's a big deal. deal. Um, so, yeah. let's say that catchers no longer give signs with fingers. Okay, and managers are giving signs to the pitcher from the dugout from a watch. Okay, let's also say now that catchers no longer have to frame pitches because it's just going to be, you know, robots are going to be calling the game. What happens to the catcher? Do you even need a real catcher? Yeah. A lot less valuable. Can't you just throw your second best you know, hitter out there to catch? Sure. Just teach him how to catch the ball? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, we're going to get to that point, right? Sure, because isn't that the reason why the great catchers are the great catchers? Yes. Not Even not so much for their physical skills. The guys who can throw people out are important. Yeah. But it's because of their ability to manage the game, well, which is why all catchers eventually become managers. When well, you're right? talking about your son being a goaltender, what if the rules changed and everything he learned had to be changed? That's, a, that's going to happen for sure. the catcher. Um, it would be interesting for the position, uh, both goaltending and, and for catcher, yeah. uh, for example. Um, with, by the way, with goaltenders, I, I think their equipment should be reduced even more, I agree. by the way. And, goals. and I think they should go to wooden sticks in the NHL. Oh, I love it. I've made this argument, by the way. I love it. I've made it to uh, former players uh, who've agreed with me, and my point is, I, mean, I use baseball as my point. I go, they come yeah. all the way up using aluminum bats, and then they get to the pros, they have to adjust to wooden bats. We're talking about the best hockey players in the world. I go, if you go to, the, the argument for all the equipment is how hard guys shoot yes. because of these composite sticks. Well, if you go to wooden sticks, they're gonna they're not gonna shoot as hard, so therefore you need to open up the net a little bit, yeah. so reduce the equipment. But you know, you look at the old days sense. when they used wooden sticks; these guys, you know, they look like they're wearing you know just an extra pair of pants uh, <laughs> for goaltender equipment. <laughs> they're not shooting the puck a hundred, right. hundred and ten miles an hour. And, and listen, uh, they'll still have Kevlar stuff and whatever. Yeah. But anyhow, um, makes sense. Seems like a logical change. Back to baseball with catchers, <laughs> but you, you've seen that already. They've had better hitting catchers. Uh, Mike Piazza, the greatest defensive catcher ever? No. Yeah. Right? I mean... Yeah, Posey. Yeah. Right. You're right. Um, and I think back to Tim Wakefield when he pitched for the Red Sox. They'd have, he'd have his own... They'd bring in their best defense... You know, they had a special guy to catch for him. Mm-hmm. Couldn't hit a lick, but he, he could block the knuckleball. Yeah. Which, I guess you wouldn't want a knuckleballer anymore because he's not going to throw any strikes. I think... Uh, as I was... Re- <laughs> With a robot, I, right? Well, I'm as sorry. I was reading this piece, one of the things I thought of was... You know, I, I try to analyze these positions, and in football, you know, I can still positionally analyze a player. I can analyze, you know, left tackles versus left tackles and safeties versus safeties. That that that's still intact. Um, with basketball, it's gone. It's a positionless value. Correct. Now. It's a positionless league. LeBron is everything. You know, most players are everything, um, and you have to financially evaluate players accordingly. So we're getting there to baseball, and it's because of data. It's because of these changes. It's because of analytics. If the catchers. The catcher was the one position, essentially, where I could say defense matters uh, maybe more than hitting, right? I, I need to look at the defensive stats, you know, pass balls, th- you know, throwing somebody out at second base, all those things. They were as important, if not more important, than, you know, batting 250 and hitting 30 jacks. Uh, that's going to change. They're going to be like any other player in the position now. They're going to be like a second baseman when I go to evaluate these players. Well, and, and the challenge everything for else you, is going to be reduced, The right? challenge for you and catchers, like we talked about, is is the evaluation of catchers is what's upstairs. Not even though the, all those stats are almost, to some degree, less than 50% of what makes a good catcher right now, Correct. which makes it hard for you to evaluate, which makes it hard for major league teams yeah, to evaluate. I, you know what? You're, I, I, man, I, I want to sound like old guy here, but... You know, the beauty, the best catchers are able to call. It's called calling a game. Yachty. Right? Yachty. Yeah. This guy I can't get off Yachty Merlina. He's any, everything. Any pitcher who's ever pitched a great game will say, my, my catcher called a great game today. Yeah. Right? I know. 
Yeah, but we've moved away from that, Kevin. I mean, well, we, the, get the, back to it. That's well, when it was good. I, I'm saying, you know, the the, <laughs> the pitches are being signaled in from the bench based on the analytics. So, so the catchers aren't having to feel the game and make the the right let's, calls. Let's stay right there, Paul. That's a that's a perfect point because I'm thinking of a guy like Yadier Molina, who no, there's no way he's looking to the bench for a, for a pitch call. Right, right. All right that ain't happening. Um, there, it's not just I know this guy can't hit a curveball. It's I I just saw his reaction when that pitch came. Right. right. I, I, I looked in his eyes and I saw and I knew he was he was sitting fastball the whole time. You can't tell me that a coach sitting in the dugout has has a, a good enough look to feel the emotion of what a catcher can feel with a batter in the batter's box. That you're going to lose that. You're going to lose guys who are smart enough to understand and read the room that quickly, that instantly. Yeah. That that's that's going to get changed. Yeah, because you're going to be driven by make sure you throw it uh, uh, up and away because the numbers say well, that's the weak spot uh, of his swing. No, plane. this is what the catchers are going to be thinking. How do I beat the robot? <laughs> that's what they're going to be thinking about this whole time. Right. How do I na- manipulate the robot? And p- batters are going to be saying the same thing. Scrunching down all this stuff. Uh, it's, it a, it's a really interesting <laughs> it's neck. It, it, it's a really interesting sort of next step you into the what? future it, that but, I'm anxious to see all right. what happens with it. Hold on, though. Is the system that broke? No. I, I, I prefaced it. This was not broken. It's no. not broken. Balls and strikes were not broken. Can we stop the replay at second base with millimeters of if a guy came off the bag? Right. That's got to go. But see, Let's Kevin, just... when you say is the system broke, my response to you would be that's starting to become the system. Yeah. It's not the system that we remember in the 80s and the 90s and growing up in the sport as this all continues to push forward and as more and more decision makers and managers come in with this new generation, that will be be the system to me this is we can do this so we should right that's all this is and and let me th- I, I i we we can't say this stuff without saying this i think the leagues are terrified of gambling they're terrified of having an umpire behind there who can control the game or screw the game up and there's a ton of money sitting in the seats. sure dftm follow the money and it who's that whole this, integrity stuff right who's this who's this robot umpire powered by <laughs> Russia? No. <laughs> Can Russian hackers get into no. uh, get into a uh, umpire in a Marlins no. Diamondbacks game? Follow the money. Powered by Amazon, Amazon Web, services Web Services or Google or IBM Watson. Of yes, course. IBM of or Microsoft. Look, I'm not dumb. I, I get it. I'm thinking about the gameplay, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I, I to me, it's not broke. The only thing broke in Major League Baseball were guys using technology <laughs> to steal signs. That was broke. It's stupid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They went too far. Okay. Um, and if guys can figure out a way around it, they will. Yeah. All right. Uh, boy, the royal family's broke. <laughs> this is the Not best. financially, but... Uh, oh, no, no. It's about money. This story's about money. That's well, why we're talking about it. Harry and Meghan, all right, are uh, break... Well, first of all, they were Megxit, leaving. Megxit, as they're calling yes. it in Britain now. Which is great, Megxit. right? Uh, the British tabloids, uh, the Megxit. <laughs> so they announced last week... And all these theories are going on, right? Like some people said, oh, this is just a diversion away from the Prince Edward scandal and the whole Epstein thing, yeah, yeah. right? Um, uh, which I, I watched a two-hour special last week. It, whoa, bunch of creeps. <laughs> you know what I did last week? I went oh. to see Trevor Noah live. Oh, yeah. And he How talked a lot about this story. Oh. And <laughs> about Meghan and, and uh, Harry? Yeah, he, uh, he basically said, you know, this goes back to the revolution. Right, right. The Americans had to get out. Like they didn't want any part of this royal structure. Right, and we get a black American girl in the royal family, and she's there for like a day and a half, and she's like, "Oh no, this no, no, this ain't gonna work for me. I'm getting the heck out of here." And he's, and in a lot of ways, I think he's pretty right. Right, like not not you know the the black part of it is what it is, but an American seeing that structure and seeing how rigid it is and how yeah, I mean, you really can't. It's so it's archaic in every way possible. I mean, she went and signed with Disney like an hour and a half after announcing this. It's not a. That's not a mistake. Right. She, well, she, she probably wasn't allowed to. Right. Claustrophobic. They, right. <laughs> well, no, but it was all about. They're talking about their financial independence. Basically. Yes. yes. Uh, listen. Uh, you know, we've got this notoriety. Um, you know, she had an acting career prior to uh, marrying yeah. into the family. Well, she did. She was suits. on Suits, right? Suits, yeah. Um. So, and, but but she had a career. Like that's fair to say. Making her own money for sure. Yeah, she's making her own money, and now you you, you go on, uh, you get a stipend, if you will. You're supported by the government, right? Yeah. And the taxpayers. Who, yes, the taxpayers. Maybe it's not as much. Like she probably make more. Oh, there's no question. Doing this, it's not. right. But here's the thing. They're they're hammering out the deep. It's like an arbitration case over there right now. <laughs> well, that's why I brought this. In. Well, the queen the queen finally said. The can, queen, they, can they hire Scott Boris to help him out with this? 
But they the, the save face the queen right didn't she say okay we'll allow you to go part time you can go live part time okay. in Canada that's this is what I want to talk about this nice is little, happening nice little spot in Niagara so, on the lake maybe so the no, British no, taxpayers London, Ontario the British, London, Ontario. <laughs> the British taxpayers you're right the British taxpayers are still going to be funding their trust. They're going to get paid like 95% of their trust still, which I don't know how much that is. I, I'm guessing it's not small. It can't no, be. No, it can't be small. I'm guessing it's no. not small. So the fact that right. they feel like they have to go and make more off their own brands is selfish. It's absolutely selfish. Well, but hold on. It's selfish. Understandable. It's under. Megan's a brand. She's going to go make a ton of money here. Correct. But does she need that money is my point. Is, is this nothing more than Patrick Mahomes on State Farm commercials? Correct. This is that what this is. is? Yes. Right. But like the Chiefs could basically say, "No, you're not doing any of that," because essentially that's what Brady is. Brady doesn't do anything. Well, no, the last he, time you saw Brady on a, on like a visible he, commercial, he does a weekly chat with uh, Jim Gray <laughs> yeah, with yeah. his baby Tommy. Yeah. Tommy does that. <laughs> uh, no, but you're right. But Brady has his own brand things that he's trying to yeah, build. But TB12 right. thing. Whatever. Yeah, but we don't really hear about it. No. No, he's not doing any national commercials. He's essentially in the in the but, in the Patriots royal family. But he right doesn't. Now. But he doesn't need to because his wife does it all. That's Giselle. fair. She's frankly, she's okay. more marketable. He doesn't wor- need to, right? He's, he's, she's Either more marketable worldwide. That's my point. They could just ride this thing for thirty years. But That's they like can. An Eighty-eight billion. But I think it has franchise. as much to do with the lifestyle and the suffocation. I think you're right. Uh, that, That's yeah. what Trevor Noah you know, was saying. Like, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's incredible. I mean, the obsession. I, I don't get the obsession with people in America over all this. I can only imagine how much worse it is for the obsession over there. Wait a second. What, one of the most popular stream TV shows is The Crown. Uh, oh yeah, Game of Thrones. Okay. Come on, Paul. People love. Can uh, you imagine stuff? having to try to explain to the Queen of England? That I want to be an Instagram star, because that's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. Yes, um, but let me say this: if you're Harry, yeah. if you're Prince Harry, like if you got to look at, like he's got no shot at the crown, right? No, right. I mean, because you have Charles next, but that's by then, itself. And then his older his brother, older brother William, yeah. who also had a kid, so isn't William's kid uh, more yeah. in line? So basically. You're you're basically being the Duke of Windsor. So you can't right? just be the backup quarterback. That's right. You have he to go and be a starter somewhere he else. He doesn't want to be the backup quarterback. Hold anymore. on, backup right. quarterback is the best job in the world. <laughs> but wait a second now. Uh, hold on. So he he looks over and his wife, right, uh, mother of his child, is like, I- I'm not sitting here in this castle anymore. Yeah. It's I need to go her, do right? something. And why are you going to sit here? You can't be king. We're always gonna we're always gonna be second fiddle here. Let's go make some money being first fiddle, and yeah. let's go live where I can get Starbucks every day yeah. on the corner. He doesn't want to. He doesn't <laughs> want to. He doesn't want to stay as the so quarterback of the Titans. The royal family. He wants sucks. to start for the Giants. That's kind of what this is, right? right? I mean, well, wait. By the way, hold on a second. Wasn't um, it, it, Prince Harry known as kind of a, a playboy earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he had a certain lifestyle, like living and. Yeah. Who's to say he likes being stuck in the the castle in Sussex, right? I'm not saying it's it's a great situation. I'm just saying you probably suck it up. Got to wear a suit everywhere you go. You probably suck it up. I, <laughs> right? I don't know. Right? Also, did Megan really not understand what she was getting into? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Is that really what's happening uh, here? That's bad on her part. She's just she freaking out. Yeah. I listen. I I she probably her agent. Had, they probably had opportunities. I'm right? gonna guess Kate's no well, uh, no angel either. Let's uh, let's <laughs> let's bear. Wow, man. Wow. Let's bear this down to the money because that's what this this is. That's okay? what it says. Yeah. All right. Analytics. And Megan's agent probably they've been approached. Hey, you've got an opportunity I hear to do it's this. Oprah, by the way. Uh, anyhow, here it's Oprah. Oh, really? Great. That's in their ear. Good. Uh, so Oprah comes to him, and the queen says, "You can't. You can't do this." And what do you mean? I can't do this. I can do whatever. I'm American. Yes, right. Yes. I can well, do what I want to do. Don't, don't tell them. Don't point. don't tell yes. a millennial that they can't do anything. Correct. So. And and <laughs> sorry, sorry, Queen Bee. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And Harry, either you're coming or you're not. Right. Yeah. Fine. It's, it wouldn't be the first time a woman's war. You know, a woman's told her husband what you're going to be doing. Yeah. End of story. This is Kawhi Leonard calling Paul George and say, "We are going Whatever. to L.A., baby. I, Let's do this." I, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I think it's great. I think yeah. it's awesome. Like, yeah. good for her. I think it's awesome until it's not. Well, but how's it not going to be awesome? Because are they really going to be stars? You are have they to really define gonna... what does that mean? You you can be a star and be Jesus, pretty Kim Card- good. Kim and... Kardashian's a star. Exactly. Come on. Right. Exactly. Kim Kardashian is her own franchise. 
Yeah, well, guess can, what? Can these two ever really get away from that royal family? Like, are there a copyright thing? Like, can they even They're going to be the famous likeness? for the ones that did get away. That's what they'll be famous for for the rest of their lives. Yeah, they weren't sent away. It's a new revolution. They weren't sent it away. Is. They got away. Part-time. Part-time. I think Starbucks was a big part of this. You're right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and robot replacement princes. I oh think that's God. part of it, too. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating story. Let's get out of here. It'll be, well, no. I mean, listen, it's a fascinating story. It is about the money. There's no question about that. Um, there's probably things they want to do. And, you know. Yeah, she's a Disney voiceover already. There you go. Yeah. So what's wrong with that? No, it's fine. Yeah. I just don't think the British taxpayers should be helping them. Um, the British I'd, taxpayers got bigger issues. I'd be to pretty solve ticked off. Well, I think the British British people are probably were probably mad that they did support them and yeah. they're going to leave. So this is all about hey, no, they're part time. So you're, they're only going to get half their stipend or what? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, but yes, they're going to Canada, but they're bringing what fifteen million dollars of security with them. Wherever they go, well, you got to protect them. Yeah, well, they that's taxpayer get... money. <laughs> well, hey, that ain't good. <laughs> it's not good. They're not going to America, though. That's what I'm saying. Not yet. Not yet. Not... I'm just saying, but they're they're going to Canada. Canada, yeah. In living Canada, um, and that's all strategic. Uh, you in think? That regard. Well, yes. If they went to America, that would look really bad. They You're going to Canada, right? They still have a nice little condo within walking distance of the Air, <laughs> uh, the Scotiabank Center. You know, catch a Leafs game whenever you feel they like still it. Have the, I, I would have thought Vancouver would have been yeah, more. Yeah, Vancouver. I like it. Yeah. 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 I thought Vancouver would have been more ago because it's just a quick hop down to L.A. Yeah, Silicon you know, yeah. Valley, everything right there. Right, yeah. yeah got to make yeah. your living. What do I know? we got to make our living, by the way. We thank The Athletic uh, for sponsoring today's show. Again, check out theathletic.com. Do, go to at theathletic.com slash S-P-O-T-R-A-C 40 off uh, to get 40% off your yearly subscription. For Mike Gennetti and Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the Spot Trek podcast.